This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Tour. Back again with you guys for another episode of our preview series, a show in which we look ahead to the next Arsenal fixture. And that, in this case, is quite a big one because we're playing against Liverpool on Sunday. However, it's not the same kind of Arsenal clash against Liverpool that we've become used to. It may surprise some, although I'm sure all of you are aware of this statistic by now, that Arsenal can go not one or two or three points ahead of Liverpool with a win. But 14, yes, you heard that right. What a crazy start to the season this has been. To talk about that game and more, I'm joined, as always, by three brilliant guests from the TGT Discord server. First of all, it's Chris. How you doing, mate? You're good, Joel? I'm very well, thanks. Yeah, excited already. And been a great week. Let's just keep it going. Yeah, it has. It's been very good already, indeed. Uh, winning nine games out of ten at the start of the season. H- how very un-Arsenal of us. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but the atmosphere is, you know, I mean, the, the atmosphere yeah. at the Tottenham game was electric. And like, you know, and, and even the Europa game, which can be a bit flat, even that was, you know, it was still really good. Yeah, so, mm. yeah, fingers crossed we're doing all right. I've seen people comment in the chat box saying my headphones need loosening. Apparently I'm going to strangle myself. They're all tied up for some reason, but uh, I'll try something. There we go. That's better. Um, let's go to Dan. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, I'm good as well. I went to the game yesterday and you can just tell the kind of feel around the club is just so much better than it has been. And it's just very exciting to go into this Liverpool game with us being favourites for once. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, to be fair, I, I thought that the atmosphere last night was kind of down, but I think that's more in context of how loud the Emirates has been this season. When you think about it in previous Europa League nights, it was certainly louder than previous ones I've been to. So, yeah, it's been unreal so far this campaign. But I mean, when we scored towards the end, the chance that we're going on as soon as Saliba was warming up, the chance started going around the pitch, you know. 
yeah, it was it was a buzzing atmosphere, and obviously it was a good game as well uh, that let us kind of set off the tone for what hopefully will be another 3-0 win on Sunday, fingers crossed. Uh, we're also making up the rest of our team. It's Kian. How you doing, mate? You good, Joel? Yeah, all good. Thanks for having me on again. And yeah, let's get into it. Can't wait for it. As always. Yes, let's jump straight into things. Chris, we can go 14 points clear of Liverpool with a win. I mean, talk me through how we find ourselves in this position and how surprised you perhaps are that we are indeed capable of doing that on Sunday. I think we've, we've found a way to play and we've found an identity. And I think the arrival of Jesus and Zinchenko have given those that big step forward in belief. And I don't just mean belief on the pitch and I don't mean belief in, you know, just in Arteta, but I also think in the fans. Um, and I think, you know, and, and also for me, the man of the match last night was Arteta rather than um, rather than any of the players on the field, because like we got to we got to 60 minutes. He changed the system. You know, we took 20 yards back. We brought on some experience. We played not to let a goal in, you know, and then we if we got a, if we got a bonus on the break for three, that was great. For how long have we wanted a manager, you know, that actually says, you know what, I'm just going to change this. I'm going to move this. I'm going to be flexible. And I think that just builds so much confidence in the players themselves in terms of following the gaffer, um, but also us in going, well, if it gets a little bit bad, then we've got a plan B. Right. Or we can do this or we can do that. So I think for me, no surprise. Will it last forever? I doubt it. Um, you know, nothing ever does in this world. But I think it's, you know, it's such an exciting. It's putting the fun back into being an Arsenal fan. It's got fun back into the game. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, we've had a few miserable years with all the other stuff going on. And this mm. is the time to be an Arsenal fan. Yeah, no, it really is. Um, it's it's almost like we've been, you know, when you're like having roast dinner and you're saving the best part of it to the end. It feels like, that said, you know, all of a roast dinner is pretty good, and we've experienced some pretty not good things. So the analogy doesn't smoothly fit around. It's, being not quite, um, it's funny, Tommy, say that because on the way home from the game, I'm on the way home game last night. Last, yeah, is it last night? Oh God, whenever it was, right? Um, I was trying to summarise because I knew, obviously knew I was coming there, and I was like, well, what was this one like? Because it's not like the it's not like the Tottenham game, and it was. It was like going around your mum's for a roast dinner. You knew it was going to be, you, know, you knew it was going to be good quality. It wasn't going to be the best because my mum wasn't the best cook, right? But yeah. it was going to be, it was going to be nice. And I think mm. that's that, last night. That's what we got. It's not Go quite on, an Owen. Analogy. I was going to say it's not quite an Owen analogy. Yeah, Owen analogies are on different levels. For our newer listeners, Owen's one of our, uh, I say regular contributors. We've not done a proper podcast in quite some time. But uh, yeah, his analogies about, what was it? Like, it was about a bike, bikes? wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's not about bikes before. Unbelievable, really. But uh, I miss you, Owen, and, and hope you're coming back on this, uh, the show soon. Um, yeah, Dan, obviously, well, I, I agree with everything that Chris has said there. The identity at Arsenal was absolutely key. We've needed a style of player, and we've got that now at Arsenal. The way we play is, is unpredictable. It creates problems. It asks questions of the opponents, and that's all we've really come to ask for. However... As will be shown in our lineups, there's not too much variation in terms of the the team right now. Do you think that could begin to go against Arsenal in the sense that teams know what they're going to be coming up against? I think the whole season, teams know what they're coming up against and they can't stop us. I know United did, but I think we played a lot better than than what the result kind of got to in the end. Um, so I know Liverpool are a very good side, but this season they've just not been quite at it. I know they've just changed their system, so 
and Klopp's a great manager. So if anyone can unlock Arteta's side, it probably is Klopp or mm. Guardiola. But I don't think that will make too much of a difference personally. So well, it it's a weird one. I, I think yesterday I kind of liked the way that I think from the beginning of the second half, or, or more or less when we were 2 0 up, till I'd say around the 80th minute, we were kind of playing with 10%. I, I feel like we knew that we had this Liverpool game coming up. And we didn't. I, I know when Saka came on, I didn't see him really do any running much. Mm. I think it's just he wanted to keep his fitness. And whether that's Arteta telling them all to, to kind of not put 100% in or not, I think it was partly the players that were. We're helping with that as well. Yeah, I quite like that kind of relaxed feel. Especially it was both like they weren't as good as mm. I thought they'd be. Yeah, I thought that. You know, it's weird because I had a few. I had, obviously we had a comment left in our preview show last time. It was from No Context Glimpse that was like, "You're all in for a surprise on Thursday," and I came away going, "What surprise?" You know, like I, re- I really they, didn't kind of get it. Go on. They kind of reminded me of a very early Arteta side because they played it out the back a lot, mm. and I was convinced. I, I was sitting with a, with a friend, and I was convinced the whole game that we were going to score from maybe Eddie kind of going into their their goalie or but mm. we did we didn't but they kept playing like that and it wasn't really working and I feel like that's what we used to do and now we still kind of do that but we actually have a way of playing it out much better than we used to mm. and that is essentially now our new style of play yeah absolutely um dom c welcome to the tgt crew thank you so much for joining up as a member uh in the chat box you've already got people welcoming you to the tgt family and of course if you're an expert member or a tgt ambassador you can join our discord server and then jump on the show just quite like these guys have today also a super chat as always so my big supporter from craig who says tc i think dan's right we were at the bar and we were saying how it looked like they were playing at half speed last night i did expect more from buddy glimpse but i mean it's still a very good game kian to kind of set us up to go to play liverpool because no one got injured we're able to kind of change things we could give minutes to players that needed it because i feel like there's this obsession around the idea that we need to rest everybody in midweek when actually I think as Liverpool showed in the game against Rangers you can use midweek games to give yourselves momentum and I think that's what Arteta tried to do last night yeah 100% like he got the likes of Vieira there's not that much well there's obviously the captainage and mm. the the what's it called kind of like captaincy drive between Odegaard and him but I think Vieira is incredible um, and he needs playing time. Same with Eddie. Eddie comes in at the end of last season, basically more or less inches away from Champions League. Um, and then we go away and get Jesus. So it's for once, it's really, really nice to have rotation. I, I don't think as an Arsenal fan I've ever heard that's that that saying before. Arsenal have rotation. Mm. Uh, like Zinchenko, Tierney. Uh, but like the biggest thing for me was Rob Holding last night, he knows that he's not going to get his game constantly and he walks into the pitch and absolutely, I think he was one of the man of matches from yesterday. Um, he gets his, and the thing is as well, it's so hard for Rob because the amount of people that get goals from headers and he goes away and scores yesterday, I was so happy for him. Um, and like, I, as well, Reese Nelson, like we, he's some, he's a player now that we haven't talked about in so long. He comes on and, it kind of made me think, 
could Martinelli have gotten a rest last night? I know he's back from an injury, mm. but I would have liked to see him restart and give Martinelli a rest. But other than that, I was delighted with yesterday's result and the way we went about it all, really. Yeah, I think that I would start Reese Nelson in the away game. It's a yeah. couple of reasons for that. One, it's not official pitch, and I don't really want to risk too many starters uh, away at Butter Glimpse because it is a higher risk of injuries. And, you know, I think Reese Nelson did partially prove me wrong a little bit last night. I really, you know, have overlooked it um, quite considerably. And I think that, you know, I, I was thinking to myself, well, why are we investing any time into someone that, you know, doesn't really have a future at Arsenal when we can invest more time in? adding momentum to Martinelli's game or giving Marquinhos minutes or stuff, you know, things like that. But actually, you know, if we need to rotate in certain games, maybe we can rely on Reese Nelson to add some quality. So, you know, fair play to him for his performance. Let's focus more on to the Liverpool game, Chris, because Jurgen Klopp's going into this as always as he does, liking to talk about our players. He's talked about Martinelli, he's talked about Saka and Erdegaard buttering them up as he does. However... It's, things are a little bit different now because, you know, I wouldn't necessarily describe a transfer from Arsenal to Liverpool as a progressive move right now. In fact, I would call it a bit of a risk because Arsenal, whilst looking like they are, you know, some kind of rocket ship moment running up the table, Liverpool, there is far more uncertainty about that club, especially with the number of players they have at the top of their game reaching toward the end of their prime, if not already past it. So how do you kind of evaluate the status of both teams at the moment going into this fixture? So I think the Liverpool, Liverpool is a great example of a self-sustaining club. Um, or, as, you know, one that at, like us who have got mm. limitations versus a club like City who can basically just keep buying new players. And I think, you know, if we're looking at a blueprint of what's going to happen to us in three or four years' time, we are, we're going to be where they are now. Their age is, they're getting old. A lot of their key drivers like Henderson is, you know, is just about ready to retire. Mm. You know, and, and you look at some of their players and you go, you know, really? You know, I mean, look, you've done it. So I... The fact that they want our players, I absolutely love, right? Because I think it just shows that we're on the right path. I think, you know, we, you, they're not going to rock up with 100 million for people. You know, they, 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 you know I know they, they spent all that money on Van Dyke, but would they buy Saliba for that? Well, they, we wouldn't sell it for that, but they just yeah. wouldn't come up with the money. <laughs> and I think that, 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 are, that for us, I, I think there are, there should be a lesson in how we keep going forward as a club because – you know, we've got some really great players, right? We've got some really great talent. We're not going to keep them all. We keep saying that, right? And they are going to get old. You know, Xhaka's going to, you know, Xhaka is actually at some point in about 10 years' time probably going to mm. need to have a rest, you know? And so I think, you know, for, from, from, from my point of view, I like the fact that he likes our players. I like the fact that he wants to talk about them because I think what it shows is we're doing the right thing. You know, I've got massive respect for him as a manager. You know, I think if he'd have come to us, he'd have been great for us. Yeah, it was timing was wrong, whatever, right? Um, you know, unlike some of the other managers that I really, you know, I just, you just look at and go, you're playing a particular way and that's mm. fine and, you know, that's that's their choice. So I like the fact that he likes us. I like the fact that he's scared of us and I think that's why he played the different formation against Rangers. I like the fact that he's, he's he we're making him think. Um, and I like the fact that we're in this position, we're on the rise and I think as a team without a major refresh coming, then I think they are going to be go through a period of, that's more difficult for them. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, they are investing, you know, in younger players. Nunez, for instance, they brought in Diaz. I know he's not young per se, but he's in his mid-20s and he'll be going for a fair few years into his prime. So, you know, I think there is a Liverpool that are working on it, but to replace Salah and Van Dijk, you know, and Henderson and Thiago, you know, all these players have already moved on Sadio Mane. It's a really difficult thing that they're going to have to go through and they're doing it with the same coach that they had during that period they've invested in him they've given him a new contract is that going to turn out to be the right decision you know we rave about Klopp being one of the best and most elite managers in the world which he is but he did that with a team he constructed can he go back and do that all again with another team go on Chris I think the answer to that has got to be yes right so go mm. back to Arsene Wenger you know his first team wasn't the Invincibles yeah the Invincibles was his second team so mm. the answer has to be yes. Sorry, that was I assumed you were talking to me. No, sorry. that's no, that's absolutely no. I, I saw you unmuted, so I was like, Chris is about to pounce on this one. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right with the Wenger example. It, it makes complete sense. Whether or not he can do it, obviously, he's going to see what we'll we'll come to see in the next couple of years or so. Um, Dan, in terms of the way we approached this game, we went into the Tottenham game against a side that we know are very good on the counter attack. And we didn't adapt to them in any way. We played our game. We dominated the fixture. And whilst they did hit us on the counter and potentially could have hurt us if they were slightly more clinical than they were, it just seemed like a game Arsenal were always in control of and always going to take three points in. Liverpool aren't like that. Liverpool, I think, have averaged 70% possession in all of their games so far this season, which is not going to happen in this game. It may be more even. It could be that one team dominates more the possession than the other. I'd expect it to be Arsenal because they're the home side, not because they're the better side, quote-unquote. But I think that the way in which both teams approach it may have a lot more bearing on how the other plays than we have seen for Arsenal this season. What do you think? I mean, every time we play Liverpool, I looked at the kind of the stats. And apart from was it two years ago when they already won the league and we won mm. that game I know Nelson scored and Lacazette we haven't beaten them since 2015 and it it kind of haunts me that whilst we are a much better side this season have played brilliant football and they haven't won many games I, I'm still worried they are they're still Liverpool and mm. anything can really happen but I think we need to take this game like any other game we need to play our way I, 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 I understand when you adapt to another team, but mm. I think the way we're playing, I just feel Liverpool won't kind of suss us. I, I, I want to see us do exactly what we've been doing, if, whether it's Inchenko or Tierney as a left back, kind of playing that midfield role, which I know Tierney was doing very well yesterday. Actually, I kind of kept looking mm. at him, and he was he was in midfield a lot. He was flying up front quite a few times. I quite liked it. Um, but we, we need to play that same way with Xhaka going ahead. And that front three we've got, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus, that, that's almost maybe in two years' time. They're going to be better than Salah, Mane and Firmino ever was, I, I think. I know it's Oof. a bit, it's a statement. That's a claim that is. <laughs> if, you, if you think about it, like they're already an unbelievable front three. And if they play mm. together for the next two, three years, could you imagine what they're going to be like when... Mm. Saka's 24, 25. Like, I, it, it's just incredible to think. And we're, we're building a team for the future. But right now, in the present, we're a brilliant team. And mm. I think we need to just play the way we're playing and hopefully we'll get a result out of Liverpool. 
Do you concur, Kian? Because, you know, Liverpool are very dominant sides, but weaknesses-wise, the, the player that's been under the microscope the most for them is obviously Trent Alexander-Arnold. And the idea of seeing your favourite player, Gabriel Martinelli, you know, utilising the space behind Trent is exciting. Um, but at the same time, we know how much Trent can hurt us in a defensive sense. So how do you find the balance there? Uh, simple. Zinchenko um, or Tierney, one of them is just going to, if they can defend really well um, against the crosses that are coming in, same as Saliba, Gabriel, Mar- you ev- what I've noticed the last few times Ramsdale gets the ball, the first person he looks for is see if Martinelli's making that run. And he's going to have that run so many times on Sunday. Um, and it's not just that side. Robertson's not playing the best. I, I'm actually even think he's injured at the moment. He probably won't make this game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it'll be Simicast. Last time we saw Simicast before Liverpool, a certain player who I do not like that wore the Arsenal jersey made awful of him. I didn't want to say a bad word, sorry. Um, he, <laughs> <laughs> he, um, Pepe, he, he absolutely ruined them so many times. And mm. I think Saka can do that. Um, the only person in the back line I'm scared of, obviously, is Virgil van Dijk. But we've got some a player coming up that is going to be just as good, if not better, than what van Dijk was. Um, and I really, really do think that with Saliba. Um, but I, it's tough to say. Um, but Dan saying that the likes of uh, Saka, Martinelli and Jesus being the next Salah, Mane, Firmino, nah, we're past them. I can see them but passing them. I can see it being more messy, Neymar, Suarez. I can, I really do. I, I oh. think it's going to be up there. I, I said right, it. I'm um, going to clip these. <laughs> I do. I, I, I clip it. I, I genuinely because we got the Brazilian uh, class of Martinelli, um, Saka, Salah. They, they're both left-footed, proper gunmen as well. Um, but Jesus and Suarez, like there's, there's close enough there. Once he gets the goals that he can, I, I'm, I'm saying, I clip it if you want. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will. You know, <laughs> Saka Martinelli and Jesus, Messi, Suarez and Neymar. Wow, that is quite the, the high praise and expectation on these players, that's for sure. Um, let's move over to the lineups and see those three players in the flesh, if you like. Chris, we start with your team. Now, spoiler alert, the lads have all gone for the same lineup. Now, it is obviously with Zinchenko's fitness barring its availability, I think, in all cases. Otherwise, Tierney would, of course, come in for the guys. But, Chris, I want to kind of focus on some of the key parts of this. You've gone for Saliba as your star player. This is the biggest test that he's faced, right, as an Arsenal player, and you're expecting him to have a good game from the looks of things. Um, is this the biggest test? I think the biggest test was last weekend against Tottenham. I think the yeah. the rivalry, the passion, it's probably the biggest game he's ever played. And he was absolute class. I mean, he he didn't, he wasn't flustered. He was my man of the match, right? I mean, I said this on Discord, right? He was absolutely just, it was, it, everything just went over the top of him in terms of the pressure, the people, everything. And no, nothing went past him. His stats were phenomenal, right? So for me, I think, you know, depending on depending on how they decide to, to line up, I think yeah he'll be fine whether it whether whether he needs to put Firmino in his pocket or Diaz or whatever I don't think it will matter they'll just get in there and join Kane it'll be fine. Oh, fair enough. Uh, I mean Dan you've gone for the same team but you've gone for Martinelli as your star man. Is that in part due to Trent's frailties defensively? Exactly. Obviously he can't defend so <laughs> Martinelli <laughs> is uh is gonna gonna run riot I think around him. Um, but I can't. Really, 
the thing, the, the thing that annoys me is Gabriel because he, he's so rational. We've seen it before. Salah can attack that area, and, and that does worry me. So mm. I get Saliba being that kind of man of the match because it it Salah does hurt Gabriel, go around him. Saliba needs to be there, which I'm sure he will be. Mm. So I, that does scare me. The, the whole Gabriel thing. I what, what's your take on him? I feel he's really rash sometimes. Even yesterday, I thought there were moments where. I'm just not sure about him. And I don't mm. know if he's the guy for the long term. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Uh, for me, Gabriel is a player that, as I've said before, I think of the four at the back, and those four in particular, is the most replaceable of those four. I feel as though if you're going to upgrade any of them, I think Gabriel makes sense. And that's a big credit to White, who's actually playing out of position, mm. you know, at right back. But he's been brilliant. The problem is, is I also have a, a sympathy for Gabriel because when you've got someone as generational Saliba uh, in the style that he is playing next to him. I think that that kind of highlights what Gabriel isn't. You know, Gabriel isn't this elegant, great ball-playing centre-back. Well, Gabriel is, and I know he can be rash, but he's that physical presence that we've needed for a, a really, really long time. He deals with crosses really well and defends the box really well. If he could just rein maybe his, you know, his his confidence to go in for some moments like the Man United game, for instance, where he really kind of left the position and left us exposed and left Zinchenko exposed in particular and Anthony then, of course, scored. I think he could become so much better than he already is. But I do feel a bit sorry for him because I do think the players around him have been so good that that kind of contextually highlights maybe where his frailties are. Chris, go on, mate. Yeah, I, I just want to jump in. Right? I mean, I'm going to defend the guy because I think actually over the last 18 months or so, he's been really solid. Yeah, he's made a few mistakes. But I think if you go back to the old days, you know, he's the bold to Adams and everybody talks about Adams and everybody forgets that mm. bold did all the nasty, dirty work. Right. You know, I think he makes Saliba better by by getting his foot in. The, the, the penalty he gave away um, at for against Tottenham wasn't his fault. I mean, he was, you know, it was that one. It, it was. I put it on Xhaka, you know, to be honest. It's always Xhaka's fault. <laughs> <laughs> I do put it on Xhaka. Xhaka made this. Xhaka's been brilliant. No, don't get me wrong. But I th in that moment, I don't know what he was doing. I really don't. Still makes mistakes, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was in a position. The thing is, like, when you put Xhaka in those places where he's not in the role that he should be, which is the eight, he makes errors. Sorry, Chris, I interrupted you. Keep going, mate. Sorry, anytime you. Um, yeah, I, I. So I look. I think the guy's good, and I, and you know, I mean, look, Jacka made a mistake as well. We all know Jacka's got a mistake in him, um, and but but you know, put him in the right place. You know, if he makes his mistake halfway up the field, there's no danger. It, uh, with Tottenham, he just made it in the wrong place, and we just need to keep him out of the penalty box and keep him going forward. But mm -hmm. I like Gabriel, and I think he's that. You know, he he he's solid. And I, I, I'm not, I'm really not sure where you all think you're going to get somebody better than him mm. um, at this moment in time, right? To play in that space, and you know, and if you want another, if you want an example of the guys we're playing, you know, in, this week, right? You know, what Matip playing with Virgil Van Dijk? I mean, they're just different gravy, right? Our two defenders are much closer together than those two, in my opinion. So yeah. I think I, yeah. I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I, I sort of want to defend the guy because I think he's been so good for us. Um, and he's been part of that journey, and I still think he's got somewhere to go. Yeah, I, I think the only uh, left-sided centre-back in the Premier League, and I'm sure that Matip does play left-sided centre-back with Van Dijk on the right-hand side, um, the only left-sided centre-back that I think can hold a candle to Gabriel in the Premier League right now is Laporte. Um, 
into and, and that's from a Man City perspective. I'm going down the table, you know, you're thinking Dyer, yes, he's been good for Spurs, but I wouldn't trade him for Gabriel. Uh, going to Chelsea, Thiago Silva playing there, would I trade him for Gabriel? Not at his age, I wouldn't. I, I appreciate Thiago Silva's very good, but I wouldn't trade him out. Um, I, I just can't see myself doing that. And I just think across the league, Gabriel is, still stands out in that position. Um, I also think that, you know, for all that Saliba's been great, and just prepare yourselves because there's going to be a little bit of perspective around Saliba coming. I know he's very protected, but he's had White next to him this entire time, who's been great. Whereas Gabriel has had either Tierney or Zinchenko, who are far more offensive and get far more up the field, leaving Gabriel to cover an even larger space than Saliba has to cover. So I think a lot of people put in the chat box that Saliba's not been dribbled past. But I guarantee you, if Saliba was playing where Gabriel was and didn't have that protection of White, potentially maybe we we would see him more exposed. We would see him less protected. Um, let's go to Kian, who, like magic, obviously, as I've just been not criticising Saliba, but maybe highlighting some of the benefits he's had, has picked him as his man of the match for this one. So talk me through yeah. your team and, and that pick. It's actually funny listening to your conversation because when I was sending my team in, I was actually very close to giving Gabriel a break and playing Saliba White with Tamiyasu on the right. Because mm. um, I thought Tamiyasu was very good as well last night. Uh, but yeah, uh, going in my team, uh, if it's not broke, don't fix it, especially against Liverpool. That's the way I kind of I stuck with it. Um, and I think there's one player, no matter what, I know you've Salah, I know you've got Diaz, but mm. I don't know what it is, but whenever Jota plays against Arsenal, he scores. So he, that's why I think it's a very big game for Saliba. Um, I think if he can keep Jota quiet, we'll actually do very well in this game. Um, Partey, Xhaka, Odegaard, I hate to say it's up there, one of the best midfielders this season. Um, and Xhaka, I have to say, I hold my hands up. I wanted him gone, and I... I <laughs> I, I love him. I, I, since All or Nothing oh, and the way he's playing, I absolutely love the guy. And the, I, the more I was thinking about it, like when it comes to the Emirates era, he's probably up there with one of our biggest like legends that we can talk about in the Emirates era. Oh, um, yeah, today's I, show. Hold on. We got the Suarez, <laughs> and now Xhaka being one of the biggest Emirates era legends. Oh, I think is... so. I do. Because let's be honest, how many players have been at Arsenal? And been beaten by AFTV by half 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 of us, and they've just left. Whereas he's stuck there. He's he's done what he had to do. Um, he took every bit of hate that we gave him, and he's doing what he can. Um, so I'm actually I'm delighted for him. And yeah, that, I don't think he'd be the only ever there. Don't don't clip this one. We're <laughs> gonna clip you all day but, long, mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> But no, I, I have to I have to say this. Uh but yeah, I, I think Saliba is a big, big player uh for this weekend because we didn't have him uh in previous seasons. Um and let's see if he can keep it quiet, especially with the hype that we had with Van Dyke saying that he's very close to having them in the same game. Let's see how he gets on. Look, if we and this is a big if if we win the Premier League and Granite Xhaka is our left eight in a Premier League winning squad, then we can have a legendary discussion. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's when we can have that discussion. It's when we win the league. I can I can see it already. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, someone in the chat box said Xhaka, um, yesterday was Xhaka's first time he got a yellow card. I'm pretty sure he's got a couple more. I'm just checking. He did get a yellow against Palace and Brentford, but... 
first European yellow card, if you like, if that makes sense. So he's got one um, there. But no, he's still been great. You know, he's got, annoyingly, his yellow cards uh, yesterday meant that he's now got more yellow cards than goals this season. But it was level before yesterday, which for Granit Xhaka is quite incredible. You know, if that was the case in the last few seasons, we're talking about double digits for goals for Granit Xhaka, which would be quite ridiculous. Anyway, we're going to move on to the final part of today's show which is, of course, predictions. So, chat box, now it's your time to chuck those predictions in there and we'll go through as many of them as feasibly possible. Chris, we start with you. Scoreline and scorers, please. Uh, so, I think a long, hard think about this one as ever. I'm going for 3-1. I think Jesus will get a brace and I think um, Odegaard will get one. I think it's his time. Um, and I, I'd, I'd love to keep a clean sheet. I think there's a chance we can. Um but it will very much depend on riding our luck. And we did that yesterday. I'm not sure we're going to get away with it again. Oh, sorry, we did, we did that against Tottenham and I'm not sure we'll get away with it again. So, yeah, 3-1. Dan? I'm also going for 3-1. Uh, I feel like Alexander-Arnold always scores against us or does something. So I think he'll mm. score quite early on, which will get the mood a bit bit, bit difficult. Um, but then mm. Jesus will get one back. Martinelli will get one back. And Gabrielle as well. So Gabby, Gabby, Gabby. Um, and I just want to, can I give a quick shout out to Marquinhos? Mm. Just to Marquinhos. I, I thought yesterday, I know I know what you said about him. I think mm. in the first 20, 25 minutes, I thought he was our best player on the pitch. I thought he tracked back really well. He was kind of taking players on. And I was really impressed. And then, mm. okay, after 20, 25 minutes, he didn't. And maybe that's why he got he got booted off the pitch at 50. But I think he's he's some player. And I think he, he could be there to compete with Saka. Um, that's just my take. No, that's fair. You know, maybe it's recency bias of me, you know, because obviously I, you focus more on the latest things you see and maybe I've disregarded the 25 minutes more than, than perhaps I should have done. But I mean, I, from my perspective, you know, sitting where the press box is behind the dugout, it was like... Marquinhos was right in front of him most of the game and mm. yeah he, he tracked back and stuff but he was getting bollocked by Barteta for so much of the game like constantly being shouted at by him for not tracking in the right sense but he's a young kid right he, yeah of he, course he's young of and course. He, he needs that whereas other players who have had this kind of shouting from Arteta for even Vieira was getting that as well yesterday yeah, whereas Vieira I don't got think shouted at a lot. Yeah. was Martinelli getting shouted at in the second half probably not as much because he's Maybe. been under Arteta for a lot mm. longer and so I think he knows where he's going wrong. Whereas Marquinhos, Vieira, all these new signings aren't going to know. And Arteta needs to shout at them for, for them to learn. That's fair. That's fair. Uh, Tammy's agreeing, saying 3-1 Jesus. Rance is going for a 3-2 Arsenal, Jesus, Odegaard and White. Uh, Easy Aled's going for a 2-1 with a late winner by Saka. Jason going for a 3-1 home win. Liverpool's defence is weak right now. Harvey's going for a 4-3 crazy game. Anthony's going for a 2-1 Jesus, Saka and Jota. Kian, what are you going for, fella? Oh, I find it so tough to call. I'm going to do 2-1. Um, and that that's just because if we attack them, I think it could be a really high-scoring game. But what worries me is that we're going to get one or two and then sit back because it's Liverpool. Um, so, yeah, and that's when I think Liverpool will get the, the their goal to make it 2-1. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go Martinelli and Jesus and then Jota to score for Liverpool. Fair playing. Fair play. Uh, it's going to be a full house of positivity because I'm going for a 3-2 win. I do think this is 
guaranteed goals this game. Liverpool Arsenal typically tend to be, but Arsenal have failed to score in quite a number of fixtures up against Liverpool of late. Um, and so if we can get a goal in itself, that's already a level of progress in this fixture. We need to start scoring against Liverpool more because for a side that get criticised defensively, we aren't getting enough goals against them. So hopefully this is the game that changes things. The real irony which I look at is that Saliba and Jesus, who we both expect to start this game, would represent only two changes from the team that lost 2-0 to them last season. Now, Saliba and Jesus are replacing Cedric and Lacazette in the team, but it does show you kind of how much of a difference just two players can make to a lineup, and all of a sudden our feeling around this fixture is very different. But I do look back to that game at the end of last season and thought, that we were the better team in that game and yet still lost 2-0. And they had Liverpool kind of had this 10-15 minute spell where they scored twice after a real dominant Arsenal kind of performance. And this is where I'm worried about it slightly, is if we don't take our chances, they have the world-class players to punish us. I still think it'll be high scoring. I hope that it's a case of, you know, I'd rather it was we went 2-0 down and came back to 3-2 than a 3-0 up and then, you know, a nervy end when they score twice. But uh, I think we can guarantee ourselves goals here. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it as always. Tell people they can find you and what you're going to be up to. Uh, yeah, you can find me on the Discord server or before the games at the bar on the upper tier of the North Bank um, outside um, 103 entrance. I'm always happy to talk rubbish before the game and have share a beer. So other than that, I'm, I'm on Discord. Lovely stuff. Dan, tell people they can find you. What are you going to be up yeah, to? Thanks can, for coming on. Yeah, you can find me on the Discord chat. And um, this weekend, I guess I'm just going to try and catch Keehan up in FPL. <laughs> he's he's, boss, he's bossing it this year Keen is doing very well in FPL very very well yeah. indeed yeah uh, I managed to break into the top 10 I think last weekend yeah, you've, uh, you've overtaken me now so oh, it's just, it's just got... too easy <laughs> Lads, it's yeah. a panic I'm telling you now I've never been on fantasy for so long normally it's two weeks and I'm like I'm so bad I'm not playing anymore so it's I'm, you I'm, and Ojo that are at the yeah, top and really I'm fighting sweating. for it. Literally, before I came on, I was trying to figure out how I can fit new players in. Um, but yeah, it was, it was My scary. advice is when you're at the top, pick the favourites. That's, yeah, that's what, what you I'm need doing. to do. Well, you have well, the luxury of doing that. It got me last week. I didn't captain Haaland. Uh, I thought Tony... Yeah. I thought Tony was going to do it against Bournemouth. You yeah, see, when you're at the room. top, you, you need to play the favourites. That's how you stay yeah. at the top, mate. King, uh... King's put in a comment, but he's not catching me, so he, he can <laughs> he, he King yeah. runs his own fantasy show. It needs to be better. Come on, King. Yeah. Thanks, King. Thanks for the faith. Um, but yeah, no. Thanks, King. Hey. Appreciate your time. Tell me where they can find you, mate. Cheers. Thanks. Uh, obviously, find me on Discord. Find me uh, on Twitter, Reardon underscore Keen. But... Also, uh, I've started doing singing videos, um, trying to get myself out there. So if you could please follow me on Instagram, uh, keyin.reardon008 and see what you think. Uh, yeah, that'll be really appreciated. So thank you. Maybe he'll be singing his way to an FPL title this season, potentially. Yeah. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, then if you want to join our Fantasy League, of course, we have our Members League specifically for the members of the Discord server. But we also do have an overall league as well. Uh, the link to that is in the uh, link tree in the video description. It's down below. Uh, I'm glad we did overcome that period of everyone asking how to enter the Fantasy League. But uh, I have a feeling it might start back up again now. Uh, thank you for tuning in. Do drop a like on the video and subscribe. There's only three, two, two days left actually to vote for us in the FCAs and I'm going to stop nagging you about it every single day. Um, all the links to that is down below so if you haven't voted 
all three ways that you can on Instagram, Twitter, and the website. Go and do it. It really does indeed help us out. I will see you tomorrow morning, bright and early at 8 a.m. as always, as we continue to build up and break down of all the news surrounding the game up to Liverpool. See you soon. Have a great day. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.